0: Good morning. Welcome to the Michael Slate Show. I am your guest host, Sunsara Taylor. Last week we got into the anti-Semitism and the MAGA vicious Nazi nonsense being pumped out by Ye, formerly Kanye West, and amplified by Kyrie Irving. And we opened up the phone lines for your calls and our lines lit up. We couldn't get to everybody. There was so much that you guys had on your mind that we got into that I promised we would come back to it this week and we will. And so I'm happy to have in studio with me. Once again, second week in a row, Rafael Caderas to help us talk about that. And we will be getting into that very soon. But first, let's hear this.
1: The masses of people in the world, and this is very acutely and urgently posed now. The masses of people in the world cannot any longer afford. It was always terrible that these are the people ruling the world. But it's now acutely, acutely posed. We can no longer afford to allow these imperialists to dominate the world and to determine the destiny of humanity. They need to be overthrown as quickly as possible.
0: All right, that was a short clip from the major three-part interview with Bob Avakian that I had the honor and privilege of conducting together with Andy Z for the Revolution Nothing Less show at youtube.com slash the revcoms. Bob Avakin is, hands down, the most important political thinker and leader in the world today. And this interview, this major three-part, wide-ranging interview comes at a time when humanity faces not just one, but two existential crises. That is crises that threaten the future existence of humanity itself. One of which he was just speaking to there, the threat of inter-imperialist war, open inter-imperialist war spilling out of the conflict that is now raging in Ukraine between the U.S. backing Ukraine on the one side and Russia on the other side with the actual threat still on the table of nuclear war. And people are sleeping through this. This is a existential threat, and that's what B.A. is speaking to there. Humanity can no longer afford to allow these imperialists on any side to rule over humanity and compete with each other over who will dominate the future on this planet and that's just one of the existential crises there's also the existential crisis of climate destruction which is accelerating every day and being driven forward relentlessly by this system of capitalism and imperialism we live under and ba's interview comes at this time when humanity's future is on the line and at the same time that this country, this country, the U.S., is racked with deepening divisions, profound crises, and the looming possibility of civil war. I want to say straight up, don't delude yourselves. A lot of people are telling themselves a fantasy that just because the midterms didn't turn out with the full bloodbath red tsunami that so many were fearing and bracing for, that somehow things aren't that bad, this country is still accelerating towards a fascist America. There are still tens of millions in this country, in the in the society at broad at, at large, and in the structures of power and government itself, all the way up to the dominant position in the Supreme Court, who are fascists, Christian fascists, theocrats, Nazis, and this is going to be resolved one way or the other. Bob Avakian has analyzed: we are facing something terrible, or something truly emancipating, and in this interview. Avakian gets into all of this. He looks at it unflinchingly. The Not going to tell you like a lot of these politicians, lying politicians, a lot of people trying to curry your favor by telling you a lullaby, a comforting story about it's not so bad as humanity hurdles closer towards the cliff. But Bob Avakian comes unsparingly with the truth of the dangers that we face. At the same time that he points with scientific analysis to the basis for hope on a scientific foundation, the ways in which an actual revolution, radical emancipating change, could be wrenched out of this dangerous crisis that we're in. And it's not an easy road. It's not a simple road, but it's a real road. And you get a sense of that, how true that is, what those possibilities open up, and a much larger vista of the kind of liberation the kind of world we could create through a real revolution as he has re-envisioned it, the heart and the soul, the poetic spirit, the uh, the flourishing of humanity, not just people here, but people all over the world. So in this moment, it really is an extraordinary intervention and uh, invitation, these interviews that Bob Avakian did. You get invited into learning about and countering this revolutionary leader and the and the possibility for a an emancipated future that he is fighting for and and leading to make possible. And it's unlike anything else, and I have to say I want to invite and urge people that it is a responsibility of all of us to not um, delude ourselves to thinking that things are just going to go along as they've been and to step out of our comfort zone to watch this interview in its entirety. It's available at youtube.com slash the I thought about playing a longer piece of it, but I really want you to go and see it in the fullness of it. Go encounter it in its fullness. Uh, it's a three-part interview. We broadcast part two last night, but I do want to play one segment of last night's interview. I'll do that in just a moment. I also want to share a couple of the comments that have been coming in from people who have seen it. one of the people watched part one of the interview and, and wrote, oh, I can see how Bob Avakian got along so well with the Panthers because Bob Avakian worked very closely, became a revolutionary uh, in the days of the early Black Panther Party, working very closely with them. And and he shares a lot of that in his interview, the lessons from that time. Somebody last night watching the episode said about almost an hour in, they said, how am I still on the edge of my seat? Because it was so gripping and so surprising where the interview went. Uh, Bob Bossy. A priest and longtime anti-war activist watched the portion of the interview dealing with uh, the threat of nuclear war spilling out of the Ukraine and said, this is spot on and telling the truth in a way that so many people are covering over and deluding themselves. The author, Paul Street, was uh, watching the segment where I asked Bob Avakian about woke lunacy, what Bob Avakian has called woke lunacy and uh, the harm of all the identity politics and cancel culture. And Paul Street was watching this and said, wow, Bob Avakian is giving a smackdown to uh, standpoint epistemology, the idea that truth depends on who's saying it, who's observing it, rather than truth is truth. The real world is objective. We all live in the same world. We all need to understand it and act to change it. So these are just a taste of some of what this has opened up. Oh, one more I wanted to share. A young person uh, wrote, I came looking for trouble, and boy, did I find it, and so much more. So you go some ex- unexpected places in this. I want to play just one excerpt um, from last night's interview where Bob Avakin is addressing the importance and centrality of the fight for the liberation of women to a revolution to emancipate humanity. Let's listen. Here's what I would say that I think
1: is important, too. You know, there's a whole thing out there, and I'm speaking particularly you know, to to people who do catch the worst hell under this system and, you know, find all kinds of wrong ways to lash out at the way that they feel that they're being told every day that they're worthless and useless and, you know, scum and so on, you know, who lash out violently to each other. But there's this whole notion that, you know, if you you aren't over somebody else, you're weak. I mean, some people, you know, will even talk about how if you're in this life, you know, out on the streets and whatever, you know, in, in these communities, in, in neighborhoods where all this is, you know, so intense, you can't even laugh, at least not in public. You, you know, you might laugh in private, but you can't even laugh because it makes you look weak. And so the only way that you cannot be weak is by f-ing over other people. And one of the main ways if you're a man that you can over other people is to over women. Now we are bringing forward and have to fight ferociously for a whole different morality, a whole different way of going through the world which is based on a scientific understanding of how we're gonna get rid of all, what this oppression of all kinds is rooted in and how we're gonna get rid of it through a revolution to overthrow the system. But we have to go to people and say, there is nothing weak about fighting for the emancipation of humanity. You want to talk about something that takes courage and heart going up against this whole system. As an emancipator of humanity, to get rid of this whole system, take it on and bring it down and put something much better in its place, that takes a tremendous amount of heart. It's not we're in a contest to show, you know, you know who, who's better you know uh, who's tougher you know who's who's you know who's not weak that's not what it's about but if you want to if you want to talk about a, a, an outlook on the world fighting for the emancipation of everybody in the world from every form of oppression exploitation is the m- most powerful and meaningful thing you can do and y- you don't you know the question isn't being over or fing over someone else. It's being an emancipator. It's being a revolutionary. It's going up against this whole system in order to put an end to all the sh- that's put you in a situation you're in and has put billions of people like you, male, female, and so on, all genders, you know, in the same kind of situation. That's what we're about. That's the heart that's involved in doing this as well as, you know, it's founded on a science, but it takes heart. That's the heart. The heart to say, we're going to do away with any way in which anybody's f-ing over anybody in the entire world. You want to talk about something that's not weak. Well, that's it right there. Even though the point is not, oh, we know we're more hard than everybody else. It's not a contest to be hard. This is about emancipating humanity. But we have to break out of this, this whole trap where the terms are either you are f-ing over somebody or you're getting f-ed. We have to break out of that not by, you know, moralizing it people to go to church, you know, and all, and all the rest of it. Get with the revolution. Put all that anger and that frustration at the way that you're being done daily into this revolution. This is, you know, this is what anybody who really wants to stand up. This is what anybody who wants to have their life mean something. Yes, something bigger than themselves, but something that gives expression in the highest way to what someone's life can be about. This is where you need to go, and this is what you need to be part of. And we need to go fight with people about this. Get out of this whole framework of you know, if you're not f-ing over women in particular, or you're not f-ing over the people on the next block, then you're soft and weak, and your life is not about anything. Get out of that, because the choices are not f-ing being the f-er or being over. The choices are being enslaved or emancipated. And that's what we represent, and that's what we gotta take the people and fight fiercely with them about. And yes, one of the most concentrated expressions of that is fighting for the emancipation of women.
0: That was the voice of Bob Avakian. It's an excerpt from the new major three-part interview, two parts of which have been broadcast so far at the Revolution Nothing Less show at YouTube.com slash The The third is coming next week. And it gives you a sense, a small taste of what you're going to get in the full interview when you go to the YouTube and watch it. Um, the sense of how real this leader is how serious he is, how much he has a, a deep and a visceral sense of the lives and the conditions and the thinking of the masses of people, but also a vision of what the masses are capable of and a sense of the kind of world we could create through struggle, not as people are today, but as they transform themselves in the course of fighting to change the world. And that is a struggle that is urgent right now. And there's nobody like B.A., Bob Avakian, in terms of the realness of revolution, the hardcore for revolution, but also the heart and soul and the vision of what's possible. And at this moment, when humanity's future does hang in the balance, it is unconscionable not to experience this interview in its entirety, not to spread it, not to share it, not to learn from it, and not to lift our heads and join the fight to wrench humanity off this course that we're currently on towards catastrophe, and really fight with all we've got for a beautiful, liberated future for the world's people. That is what Bob Avakian is charting the course for. That's what he is urging you and lifting your sights to and struggling with you over. And so uh, that's my invitation to you. You can find the whole invite, uh, the whole uh, interview at youtube.com slash the revcoms, Andy Z and myself. we In doing it, we tried to think a lot about what questions those of you watching would want to hear Bob Avakian speak to and also what questions might not even be on your minds yet, but you need to hear him speak about because he's dealing with questions that a lot of people haven't even allowed themselves or begun to think about because people aren't yet thinking about liberation the way they need to. So again, it's youtube.com slash the revcoms. And we'll get into that more in the weeks to come. But with that, I want to uh, play a little song. I'll explain the meaning of it in a moment and we'll move forward in the program. You see, we
2: believe... Well, let me put it like this. There are Jews in the world, there are Buddhists, there are Hindus and Mormons, and then there are those that follow Mohammeds, but I've never been one of them. I'm a Roman Catholic and have been since before I was born. And the one thing they say about Catholics is They'll take you as soon as you're warm You don't have to be a six-footer You don't have to have a great brain You don't have to have any clothes on You're a Catholic the moment that came Because every sperm is sacred every sperm is great if a sperm is wasted god gets quite irate
0: Every Sperm is Sacred. That was Monty Python. I want to give a shout out to Madeline, who called in last week and recommended the song. If It's even more fantastic as a video on YouTube. But that is uh, skewering the Roman Catholic Church in particular, but I would expand it. I think it's important to expand it to all the variety of Christian fascist theocrats, including those sitting on the Supreme Court who took away women's fundamental right to abortion, And are treating women as nothing more than incubators, baby-making machines, which is a key part of the next theme we're going to get into. I do have to say, uh, here in the studio, we have a lot of uh, marching and and reenactment going on along with that song playing. So I I want you to know it got Gary and Henry up out of their chairs, um, and we're having some fun here. So thank you, Madeline. Um, This ties into something that we're going to spend the rest of the hour on, which is the... MAGA-Nazi poison that is being pumped up by Kanye West. Um, And then the anti-Semitism of this in particular has been amplified by Kyrie Irving and others recently. Just to set a context, and then we'll play a couple audio clips, and then we'll uh, open up the phone lines to continue our conversation with you that we started last week. Over the last several weeks, the Christian fundamentalist fanatic, misogynist, slavery-denying Trump-loving Kanye West has gone full Nazi, in addition to wearing a white supremacist White Lives Matter shirt, in addition to blaming George Floyd for his own murder by police, and in addition to demonizing black people, black women, for having abortions, Kanye has unleashed a torrent of lies and hatred against Jewish people. Ye rampaged over his social media with this poison and then went on to the fascist Tucker Carlson's TV show, where he spewed even more of it to Carlson's evident approval, even as Carlson added out some of the vilest portions of it because it was too much for even him to air. And then more recently, the woke conspiracy theorist, anti-scientific NBA superstar Kyrie Irving, who literally thinks the earth is flat, tweeted out a link to a video which is packed with poisonous anti-Jewish nonsense. And these lies have been picked up and spread not only by white mega-fascists like the Nazis here in LA who dropped a banner over the freeway saying Kanye is right about the Jews, but these ideas have also gained influence among sections of black people, some of whom have welcomed and even spread Irving's poison. So in light of this, we wanted to get into this here for the second week in a row on these uh, airwaves. Um, I have in studio with me Rafael Caderas. Welcome.
3: Thanks for having me, Samsara.
0: Uh, he's a c- regular contributor to Revcom.us and to the RNL show, and he's written on this topic. And he was with us last week. I want to start by playing one short audio segment from Kanye. I'm going to say a couple things about it. Uh, Rafael picked another little audio clip he wants to share. He'll play that and say a few things, and then we'll open up the phone lines and let's listen to this first soundbite from Kanye.
4: In Nazi Germany, science was used to create atrocities. Engineering, the same. Engineering could be a tool of war. We we are still in the Holocaust. Uh, a A Jewish friend of mine said, oh, come, go visit the Holocaust Museum. And my response was, let's visit our Holocaust Museum, Planned Parenthood. 6 million people died in the Holocaust, over 20 million have died by the hands of abortion, and the media promotes the my body my choice, which is actually still a promotion for planned parenthood. 50% of black deaths a year is actually abortion. It's not it's not the cop with the knee, it's not black on black violence and gang violence, it's not heart attacks, it's actually abortion.
0: All right, so that was uh, Kanye, or Ye, as he is now calling himself. Um, And there's so much wrong packed into that. So he came out and said he was going to go DEFCON 3 against the Jews. He's spewing anti-Semitism. The L.A. Holocaust Museum uh, reached out to him and said, why don't you come and do a tour, learn about what what the damage of anti-Semitism has caused, learn about the Holocaust. And Ye says, I don't need to go. Our Holocaust museum is Planned Parenthood, our meaning black people, which he will claim when he wants to and disown most of the time uh, when he's out there wearing his White Lives Matter T-shirt and, and stumping for the mega Nazi fascists. Um, but to just take apart a few key things wrong with this, number one, abortion is not murder. Uh there's no killing of babies, black or otherwise, at a Planned Parenthood. There's a termination of a pregnancy. It's a woman's body. It's not an independent human life. There's no nothing like that, number one. Number two, to equate uh, the Holocaust, the actual Holocaust, six million Jewish people exterminated, mass exterminated, demonized, um, singled out, stripped of their rights, carted away, and then mass slaughtered with a termination of a pregnancy is to erase the value and deny the horror of the holocaust it is holocaust denialism and it is a horrific i mean unconscionable crime on top of this crime against humanity um and number three i just it it there's a um a particular demonizing of black women that that Kanye is doing, in addition to the notion that women should be forced to have children against their will. In general, there's a specific demonizing of black women and accusing them of causing the deaths of black people. And it is really the same view that the slave master had of black women, the idea that they are fundamentally baby-making machines, chattel, brood animals. And it goes right along with Kanye's... slavery denying and then uh, reinforcing of the crimes of slavery and the particularly vicious view of black women and black women's bodies as not their own. So I think this, you know, the, the the leading edge of this is the anti-Semitism, but there's also all the misogyny packed into it and all of the white supremacy too, That that he is denying the harm of the knee on the neck and what was done to George Floyd, all in like that 30-second quote. So that's just a few things I thought should be on the table, and it's in that light. We played this clip last week that Madeline called in and said, hey, what about this Every Sperm is Sacred song? Because we were having some debate about abortion. Uh, Raphael, I want to invite you on now and let you set up the clip that you brought in before we open up the phone lines.
3: Yeah, well, I agree with everything you said, Sensara, and um, I just wanted to add on this anti-Semitism, this flood of anti-Semitism from Kanye West and, and also this movie that's promoted by Kyrie Irving that's being spread all across the internet right now. Um, that f- first of all, uh, you know, we should understand that this anti-Semitism is a lie. You know, there is no evil cabal of Jews plotting world domination. There are no <laughs> secret conspiracies of Jews to dominate the media, dominate banks. Uh, dominate Hollywood, all this stuff. You know, it's th- these are lies that have been made up uh, by rulers, by capitalists, by kings, by feudal lords to you know justify. <laughs> uh, to first of all, to scapegoat. Jews, you know, this is these are useful lies by the powers that be that have been uh, to, to demonize and scapegoat Jews for the crimes of this system and to misdirect people's anger away from the system that's the actual source of the oppression people suffer and towards Jewish people and this has led for hundreds of years to terrible crimes against Jews, you know, it was just a few days ago was the anniversary of Kristallnacht In 1938, which was, you know, a horrific pogrom where, you know, thousands of Germans and Nazis, you know, rose up, quote unquote, and just smashed Jewish businesses and killed, you know, almost 100 people. And this was just the beginning of the terror. As we know, the Nazis went on to exterminate six million people in an almost industrial way. Um, I say as we know, but the the movie that Kyrie Irving shared actually says that the Holocaust and the death of six million Jewish people was a lie so not everyone knows this but they need to know because ho- horrible crimes have been committed you know in 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 the name of anti-semitism and you know this whole uh, notion of an evil Jewish cabal behind all the problems we face it's it's it, it's a it's a very Unscientific and in fact anti scientific way of thinking, you know, rather than looking at the actual system, uh, rather than you know, doing an analysis of what we face, you go for this easy answer that there's this like secret conspiracy, a small group of evil people, right? But there is actually a system, a capitalist system that we can understand. It's got certain rules. It's got certain dynamics. It's based on private ownership of the means of production. It's driven by uh, competition. Things are produced not for social need. Things are produced as commodities to be bought and sold. And there's competition in that and that drives, you know, these capitalists to seek greater and greater profit, you know, and yes, there are Jewish capitalists. There are also Jewish, you know, working class people. there's Jews at all levels you know economically, just like anyone else. but the Jews who are you know the Jewish people who are capitalists are not doing it as part of some secret Jewish you know uh, conspiracy they're doing they're operating as capitalists um, you know seeking driven by those same rules. These are things that people can understand. Um, and the last thing I would I, w- I would just add before introducing this clip from Farrakhan, um, which is what I'm gonna, what we're gonna listen to, and I hate, to, honestly, I hate to play uh, anything from Louis Farrakhan. You know, this is someone who, the leader of the Nation of Islam, you know, who himself has been promoting anti-Semitism for decades. Who himself was, by the way, never held accountable for the lies and vitriol that he spread about Malcolm X, which was one of the conditions that you know, helped to create the situation that led to Malcolm X's assassination. Um, and this is someone who's just a straight up wannabe oppressor. He's not trying to get rid of oppression. He's trying to get in on it. He's trying to be an oppressor, you know, which brings us back to what Baba Vakin was saying earlier about what kind of world are we are we going for, you know, and what kind of world are we trapped in and what kind of world do we need to be going for? Right now, there's a lot of people whose thinking is trapped in a world Uh, where people are, you know, either uh, messed over or they're trying to mess over other people. Right. And, you know, we have to we have to lift our sights to the emancipation of humanity and stop being pitted against each other. You know, men pitted against women, black people pitted against Jewish people, Jewish people pitted against black people, Latinos like on the city council in Los Angeles pitted against black people. I mean, come on. Let's all of this oppression comes from the same system. Let's be about ending all of that. Okay, so with all that in mind, let's listen to what Farrakhan had to say about um, he's he's actually speaking to Jewish people. And specifically, he's addressing the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League. And he's doing this in defense of uh, Kanye West and Kyrie Irving. So let's hear this clip from Farrakhan and and we'll talk about it. And we want to hear what you guys have to say. So call in. Black
5: men who have become rich and powerful. You wanted to say you were saying to them as you were lynching Kyrie. You all better get the point. You all better get the message. They don't want you rising up into that knowledge that will make you a real man. And not a glorified punk. I'm saying to the ADL, sir, we, we know you. And we know that we know you, and you know that we know you. Don't talk to Kyrie by himself. He can go and look at the uh, horror of the Holocaust. Why don't you come and look at the horror of what your parents have done to black people in America and throughout the world? Why don't you come and study and repent of your evil to us? Then maybe we can sit down and have a talk like civilized human beings.
0: All right. So that was Farrakhan Raphael. Did you want to say anything about that?
3: Well, there's, there's so much wrong with this, you know, uh, but I, I do want to start with this point about, you know, rise up for knowledge, the, for the knowledge so that you can become, so that that will make you a real man. You know, let's, let's, let's talk about this. No- First of all, let's talk about this knowledge, and then let's talk about whether our, the goal should be to be a real man or should to, or should be to be about liberation of people. You know, but I mean, the knowledge that he's talking about that Kyrie was seeking was knowledge from this movie, this documentary, uh, Hebrews to Negroes. It's it's like I think it might still be the number one film on Amazon right now.
0: Number one documentary. Number one
3: documentary on Amazon. I mean, but this film is filled with so much garbage, you know, anti-Semitic garbage. It's a film that claims that, you know, black people... Are the real Jews, and you know Ashkenazi and Sephardic Jews are imp- satanic imposter Jews. This is a film that denies that the Holocaust happened. Um, that claims that black people are the real chosen people. Um, by the way, this whole notion of God's chosen people is is an extremely poisonous notion. Whether it comes from the Zionists in Israel who use this as a justification for their crimes against Israel, or whether it comes from black people claiming that, you know, they're the real chosen people and everyone else should fear them. You know, this is a film that, you know, features quotes from anti-Semites like Henry Ford, and, uh, you know, claims that Jews are parasites. I mean, it's a disgusting film, you know, and it talks about the alleged role of uh, Jews in the slave trade, which is complete Garbage.
0: Well, that's what strikes me in, in that quote, too, where Farrakhan is saying, um, well, if you, you have to, to the ADL, you have to deal with what your fathers did to black people. And look, massive crimes have been committed in the founding and ongoing functioning of America against black people, towering crimes. But they were not done by Jewish people, by the fathers of the ADL. They were done by the system of rising capitalism and yes, slavery and the founding of this country, but now the ongoing functioning of American capitalism, and imperialism. I know that our phones are getting full. So uh, do you want to say one more thing? I just thing want to say then, one yeah. more
3: quick thing, which is the other thing I, I can't resist speaking on is the lynching of Kyrie Irving. Mm. I mean, give me a break. You know, Kyrie got suspended for a few games. He, you know, after he, by the way, they gave him a chance to apologize. They gave Kanye a chance to apologize. Multiple chances. You know, Kanye's doubled, tripled down. Kyrie doubled down. You know, he finally, you know, issued an apology, which is good, although it was <laughs> half stepping. But I mean, this is not a lynching of Kyrie Irving. there's something called uh, holding people accountable, you know, and it's it's important and it's different from, you know, cancel culture.
0: Mm-hmm. So, okay. Okay. you are listening to the Michael Slate Show. We're going to take a short musical break and be right back. Mm-hmm.
2: They sentenced me to 20 years of boredom. Trying to change the system from within I'm coming now, I'm coming to reward them First, we take Manhattan
0: So, so we're going to have more to say, but we want to get the callers in. Um, you are listening. Let me remind you, you're listening to The Michael Slate Show. Let's get our first caller, um, Kenyatta.
4: Hi, and thanks for taking my call again. I um, spoke uh, with you last week when this uh, first came up, and let me just say that uh, I think that Kanye West is a, is a disgrace. I think he's a disgrace for using the N-word. I think he's a disgrace for using the B-word, first and foremost. I think his comments... Uh, were inappropriate at best, if not anti-Semitic. There's no issue there. What I was getting at, and it seemed as though I was cut off and I couldn't respond, I talked about Quentin Tarantino and his movies constantly using the N-word. And one of the hosts, I believe it was you, yeah, said, me. well, but Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino has done this and that for black people. I don't care. If Kanye West had used, let's say, the K-word in one of his songs, his butt would be dust. And that's where the double standard is. And I don't understand how no one is seeing this. I'm looking at this from a black man. And unless you are a black man, I have more experience being one than you do.
0: Well, there's no doubt that you have more experience being a black man than I do. I mean, there's no question about that. My disagreement about Quentin—and I appreciate what you said about— Uh, calling out Kanye for the N-word, for the B-word, and for his anti-Semitism. Those things I really appreciate in what you're saying. My point on Quentin is twofold. One, that what gets done in the artistic realm, in the portrayal of characters, that is a discussion and debate worth having. Where is a line on the use of the N-word in an artistic expression? But Art is not the same as someone's politics, and you do have to separate art from the author. And in who Quentin is as a human being, as a responsible part of the world, um, I don't share all his views. I'm not going to endorse all of them. I don't know all of them, but I do know, and I think it's important that he is somebody who stood up, put himself on the line to shine a light on and act against police murder by the state. And I don't think that gets erased because some of his art is many people have a critique of it. Um, so I think we have to have if, if the complexity of that
4: word, if he had used a, if he had used the K word in his movies, would that say would that be art and why hasn't he?
0: Well, I think it depends on what's being portrayed if, if there are Nazi, Nazis being portrayed in a in a movie that de- depicts that, if there's Nazi skinheads being portrayed and it shows the language that those characters use, I think there's a place for that. There's all kinds of, you know, for example, I oppose, just to well, take an analogy, I oppose...
4: Hasn't, he hasn't done it. And for you to tell me that the N-word is somehow artistic is deeply insulting, almost to the point of violent insult.
0: Well, we have a difference on that. So, you know, I think that there is a difference... And I also—and Kenyatta, I'll say this—I actually agree that the N-word is an offensive term that cannot be made good when it's repurposed by oppressed people, but I do think there's a difference in art, and everybody can recognize that, and in, in the— um, who somebody is as how they go through their lives. If there was a, you know, this is where I also think the, the tape that leaked out from the city council where people are talking in racist terms amongst themselves, that's who they are. That's not a character they wrote. Um, I don't think anybody's ever heard Quentin talk in life the way he, he's being critiqued in his movies. So that's the distinction I would make. I think it matters, but I appreciate your perspective on it. And I thank you for calling a second time. I think we should go to our next call. Uh, we have... Uh, tell us your name, because I don't know what it is. Tell us your name and where you're calling from. Lynette,
6: yeah, thank you for taking my call. And, you know, I kind of agree with the previous caller. The end word is just off limits, okay? But what I was trying to say was is that, hey, you know, we we have a lot of uh, propaganda over the last 400 years to the whole world. You know, it all began out back then with the Catholic Church. And I'm not in the Catholic Church, but... You know, um, it just appears to be that they always leave out the stuff and they, they leave, you know, they made Jesus the Messiah, Yeshua, this white blonde hair, blue eyed guy, and he's Middle Eastern with African origins, okay? Islam and Judaism has African origins. And when they get to talking about the Jews killed uh, Jesus, they always leave out that the Romans and the Catholics were a part of that uh the whole thing about the crucifixion and the first shape you know and this is got to stop this misinformation propaganda and child truth have got to stop i mean that's just where we are in history we have the internet now people can find out things it's not
0: it's not to be uh such an esoteric anymore you know what i'm saying uh rafael you want to respond is your name annette yes ma'am okay well thank you annette go ahead Raphael.
3: yeah thanks for calling um i did want to say that, you know, you're right, that there has been, you know, white white supremacist propaganda that's been, you know, pumped down people's throats for 400 years, you know, and The notion that that Jesus looked like, uh, well, first of all, we don't even know whether Jesus was an actual real person or not. But the notion, you know, this idea of Jesus as and God as this, you know, white, blonde, almost like Swedish looking character, probably not, you know, accurate given, you know, if he existed, he was from the Middle East. But, um, you know, this the 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 fact that we've been lied to and that we've had this white supremacist propaganda pumped at us is not an is not a reason to take up a whole other narrative that you just made up, you know, that
0: someone made up. I don't know that. that, Yeah. Not
3: that. I'm not saying that you made up, but that people just make make up. Right. That, you know, uh, black people are the descendants of the 12 tribes of Judah and all this stuff. And you know, it's just there's no evidence for it. You know, part of what it means to be a critical thinker um, is is not that you distrust anything that, you know, the government says, you know, oh, they say we should get vaccines. Well, we're not going to get vaccines because that's what they say and they lie to us about. No, being a critical thinker means you look for the evidence, you know, and there's no evidence that people you know that black people that were brought here in you know in chains on the horrific middle passage and enslaved for hundreds of years and you know are still being oppressed by america there's no evidence that that they're the descendants from the 12 tribes of israel i mean this is just this is something that people are making up to you know feel like oh we're the we've been oppressed but actually we're the chosen people But, you know, first of all, as I said, no one should want to be part of the quote unquote chosen people, you know. And second of all, we have to look at reality. If people want to get free, if oppressed people want to get free, we have to look at reality as it actually is, you know.
0: Well, I think I think just in light of looking at reality, we live under a system. Part of the problem with the 12 tribes of Israel narrative is that. There's a, And this is in the movie from Kyrie that he was promoting is that there's something you have to look at the bloodline. Everything goes back to bloodline and inheritance and, and a curse in that sense or a chosen people in that sense versus and it's a, it's a biblical story and it's a biblical story flipped on its head of vengeance versus the reason why people in this country, black people in this country, people around the world, immigrants, women are oppressed and degraded is because there is a system of capitalism, imperialism. It's not controlled by the Jews. It's not controlled by, it's not a curse from God. It's a system. It's a way that humanity is organized to produce the requirements of life, the food, the clothing, and the shelter through vast global networks of exploitation. And black people have been at the bottom of the exploitation in this society since its founding. Um, The enslavement of black people is the foundation on which the ideological coherence of America, the white supremacy that is still with us, it was created. It's the foundation on which which the wealth of America, the territorial expansion, the military strength, all of this was built up through, yes, the conquest and genocide of native people and the exploitation, super exploitation, enslavement of black people. And it's been woven into the ongoing functioning of capitalism, imperialism, which is now a worldwide system. But that system needs to be understood and overthrown. That takes a science, evidence-based process. It's not a curse, it's not a mystery, and it's not a bloodline. It is a system, and anybody of any background can understand it. And all of us who don't want to live with the world of oppression need to come together, understand it, unite, and work to, to bring it down and replace it and not be pit against each other in this kind of way. So um, I want to go to our next call. I know we got a lot of calls again. So let's see. Um, uh, tell us your name and where you're calling from.
7: Margo, thank you very much, and you can tell people to be. I'm listening on my phone, so that's important. Okay, <clears throat> my point is to state that in order to be truly accurate, besides the Jews, 6 million Jews, there were 5 million other people deliberately denigrated and destroyed by the Nazis, and that could be still going on today, that, the, you know, the you know, perpetrating other the stereotypes of things. So we really need to expand our range of saying, you know, you've got to get this type of thing stopped. And there's another thing that we need to have, and that is to talk about that this is Armistice Day. And on this day, when they first formulated this, they were saying we need to have armistice, we need to have peace, we need to have negotiations, we need to stop the whole thing of war that produces a whole bunch of weapons and that people have had ceremonies and things on this day where they raise the flag and, you know, say prayers. Like, we need to join together for you know peace rather than just, you know, listen to the military-industrial complex that profits from making war so that they took oh, we have objectives, yes, on this day. Well, there wouldn't be any difference if there weren't wars. So, but I wanted to emphasize that besides the 6 million Jews, we have to always say that there are 5 million others. People denigrated and deliberately
0: destroyed by the All right. Well, thank you for calling, Margot. I want to um, appreciate your your uh, elevating of the the demand for and the desire for a world without war. Um, that's very important, especially now. People need to be sounding the alarm and acting against the U.S. warmongering and participation in the proxy war and pushing us closer to an open in- inter imperialist war with Russia in the Ukraine and the and the Refusal to take nuclear weapons off the table. Um, So that's very important. I just want to add that to what you're saying. And as for this discussion of the Nazis exterminated 6 million Jews, they also killed millions more. You are correct about that. Um, I think what we need to, particularly right now, draw from that is that if we allow the demonization and the vicious anti-Semitism to be normalized and accepted it does not stay there. It accelerates and facilitates the demonizing and exterminating of other people, too. I think it's a moment when it's important to remember what the Pastor Martin Niemöller said. Uh, first, the Nazis came for the communists, but I wasn't a communist, so I didn't speak out. Then they came for the Jews, and I wasn't a Jew, so I didn't speak out. Then they came for the tra- trade unionists, so I wasn't a trade unionist, so I didn't speak out. They came for the Catholics next. And he goes on, by the time they came for me, there was no one left to speak out. And so people raise this, and it's important the Nazis exterminated something like 11 million people. Um, It was not just Jewish people, but people raise that in different ways. Do we raise it to say, oh, it wasn't really against the Jews that stopped making it so much about the anti-Semitism of the Nazis? That is wrong. But if we raise it accurately to say, look, this is why you have to oppose the vicious anti-Semitism for the harm it does to Jewish people, but also to the to the path it puts you on once you accept the demonization and the scapegoating of any oppressed people it facilitates more of the same against more and more groups of people so i think that's a very important point you're raising and i think we have to understand it with the correct historical lessons
3: yeah and and you know i would just add that it it points to you look the fact that uh the nazis also, exterminated Roma people, you know, they exterminated gay people, they exterminated disabled people. You know, the fact that what, what that shows you is that it was part of an overall fascist program that the Nazis had to, to remake society in a whole fascist way. It went along with what Sansara was saying earlier about the, the Nazis, you know, outlawing abortion for Aryan women and all this stuff. They were trying to make, quote unquote, make Germany great make Germany great again. Now we have a fascist movement that's full of white supremacy, patriarchy and anti-Semitism is also flourishing. And in in that light, how insane it is for black people, for oppressed people, you know, who are the targets of this fascism, who are the targets of this white supremacy to be going after Jewish people, another target of it.
0: Okay, so I want to squeeze in uh, at least one more call. We have Noni on the line. No, I'm on the air. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, we can. Go ahead.
8: Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it. Um, And I appreciate the discussion. I think it's really important. I think it's important to remember that Farrakhan has been talking this for a long... This is my language. I know we're on radio. He's been doing anti-Semitism stuff for a long time. This is nothing new coming out of his mouth. Number two, I think we should really gotta pay attention to the fact that kanye is mentally ill i know he's been diagnosed with bipolar but i also think he's got some sort of psychosis going on and this is a very unwell person and i think that that's not being always um allowed in the discourse um because we focus more on what he's saying now that doesn't take away that what he's saying is extraordinarily dangerous and ridiculous um you know and as a black person, I'm, I'm, you know, really disgusted by Kanye in a, on a lot of levels, um, but I also have to remember he is not a, he's just a mentally ill person. Um, and, you know, the last commentary, I, the last person, um, one of your hosts, said that it's ridiculous for black people to say anti, um, anti-Jewish rhetoric. I think oppressed people in general tend to um, identify a lot with their oppression. And, you know, you can read Paulo Freire, the, you know, Pedagogy of Oppressed, and how people do turn around and attack other oppressed groups. This is not uncommon, and this is nothing new. It's been happening historically. People like to qualify and quantify their oppression and find scapegoats because they're not really capable of getting the analysis down to really look at who is really at the center of causing all this issue. Whether it's capitalism, racism, whatever, they want to scapegoat a group of people. So I just want to mention that that every all this conversation we're having today is incredibly important. But I'm sixty one years old and I've heard this book this rhetoric, and this for a long, long time, coming out of the mouths of the of the very people that we're highlighting today. And I'll take my commentary here. I'll listen to what you have to say on the air. Thank you for listening to me.
0: All right. Well, Noni, I want to thank you for giving a call, and I and I think you actually pulled together three very important points that we should uh, we should round out. We have to round out the hour with because we're re- reaching the end of the show. But I think um, just on this last point about oppressed people. Have often gotten pulled into it. A identifying with their oppressors and B scapegoating other oppressed people. That's profoundly true. And it has to do with the fact that this system works on people. It we all live in this system. It we reflect the ideas it pumps at us, the way it forces people to live and compete, to exist and scramble under this system. And the point of highlighting that is because we actually have to lift our sights and break out of the way the system trains us to think and look in a scientific way at what's at the root and how do we come together to get free from this. So, um, That's why we're highlighting it is not to not to dog people or get down on them for getting caught up in this, but precisely to struggle with people to get out of it, because we could get free from all of this and from the conditions that force people to compete and scramble and and be pit against each other. So I I really appreciate everybody who called. I know we didn't get to everything. We're going to... um Leave with another great monthly Python number in just a second um, on the galaxy and promoting some science. I want to remind everybody listening that a great place, an essential place for everybody to go to learn more about the world in a scientific way and what really can be done to get to liberation is the three-part interview at youtube.com slash the revcoms with the revolutionary leader Bob Avakian. And we'll we'll play more of that next week and we'll continue to get into it. But I urge you to go watch the whole thing at youtube.com slash the RevComs. I want to thank everybody who called in. I wanna thank Rafael Caderas for being my guest in studio again this week. Gary Baca for engineering, Henry Carson for producing i want to thank the rnl revolution nothing less team for all the work they did on the interviews i want to send my love and the love of everybody listening to michael slate right now here on the michael slate show my name is sansara we will be back next week
2: just remember that you're standing on a planet that's evolving and revolving at 900 miles an hour The galaxy itself contains a hundred billion stars It's a hundred thousand light years side to side It bulges in the middle, 16,000 light years thick But out by us it's just 3,000 light years wide We're 30,000 light years from galactic central point We go round every 200 million years And our galaxy is only one of millions of billions In this amazing and expanding universe Expanding and expanding.